What's up, Ego Hackers? Welcome to the C.S. Joseph Podcast. I'm your host, C.S. Joseph. Today's episode, Season 14, Part 4, Episode 8. And the final episode of the season, which is the ENFP and ISTJ relationship episode. Wow, wow, wow. What a nightmare waiting to happen. I do not at all recommend this relationship at all. Stay away from it. Like, oh my gosh, stay away. You know, we've been talking about colloquial duality and regular duality. Regular true duality from socionics is actually the natural pair relationship. But most people on the MBTI blogosphere, most people on the internet, just don't know the difference. They don't know it at all. And that ends up becoming a huge problem. Everyone's like looking at their blogs, reading on Reddit, hoping to find the answers that looking for. Turns their relationships, mostly women though, because women often rely on these systems to confirm their intuition in these external sources when it comes to relationships that they're seeking with men. The problem is, is that oftentimes relying on colloquial duality, they think they're getting with their golden pair when the reality is they're actually getting with their worst, one of their worst the second worst relationship. The absolute worst is the conflict pair. But the conflict pair naturally just hate each other. That it just never happens. I think in my life, I've only ever encountered one relationship with the conflict pair. That was an ISTJ and an INFP. And they were both virgins, basically, when they got together. And uh, they got together at band camp. And uh, it was a couple that Railgun and I knew when we first got together. And uh, he was an ISTJ, she was an INFP. And that was an absolute disaster of a relationship. She was quite hypergamous. But he didn't really know what he was doing either. He had no life experience. So it ended up just becoming a huge problem. But that's ultimately how these relationships start. It really just comes down to naivete, where these people just don't know. They just don't know the consequences of their actions. They just don't know who they should be with and why. You know, they have no sexual experience whatsoever. Maybe there is some religious influence. Maybe there's some arranged marriage going on or arranged relationship by parents who don't understand cognitive synchronicity and compatibility. And they end up setting up these relationships for failure. You know, if there is any initial attraction, it's mostly because these two types are come from the same temple. The same temporal. You know, and this temple is the soul temple. All about desirability, all about character. The problem is, is that These two types end up trying to one-up each other all the time. One-up each other in terms of who's more desirable. One-up each other in terms of who's more charitable, who's the better person. And it ends up becoming 
a huge issue. It's all about that. Uh, it's all about that role play, right? Which is their love language, the love language of role play. Both of these two types. And it's like uh, it's like what you see in that episode, more recent episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, where uh, Lieutenant Boimler and Lieutenant Rutherford end up going to holodeck with each other, and they both decide to be Mark Twain, right? And while it's a very funny situation, that's literally what ends up happening. They're both trying to take on the same role in the sexual relationship, except both of them are canvases, both of them are you know, pre-built to receive the other, unless one of them is intoxicated. Like if the ISTJ gets drunk, they become an ESTP, and they can be an ESTP in the sexual experience because they're drunk. Or the ENFP, they become an INFJ when they're drunk. And if one of them is drunk, they can have a decent sexual experience. But without substances, and, you know, substance abuse is the worst with the soul temple of the 16 types, let's be honest. If they have substances, substances become the foundation of their relationship. Such as it is with any of the duality relationships, really. Substance abuse is the foundation of the relationship because without substances, without mind-altering substances, there's no way they can even have a relationship. There's no way it's sustainable. And when the substances finally run out, well, then it's over. And they have to rely on depressants. Mind-altering substances that are depressants are really the only way for duality relationships to actually come together. So the ISTJ is all about their comfort and how they feel. They want their feelings validated. They want their beliefs validated. They want their comforts handled. But so also does the ENFP. And they end up competing with each other for these two roles, or for these roles, basically, within the context of their relationship. And it just always goes south. And given that they're both wrath types, it also leads to violence, physical violence. And they can be very violent with each other. You've never seen a domestic dispute, a violent domestic dispute, until you've seen an ENFP with an ISTJ. It is absolutely horrible. And the court battles that come as a result, oh my God, they are vicious. This is probably, in my opinion, the worst relationship, the most vicious, the most violent, the most dangerous of the duality relationships, ISTJ and ENFP. When you both have deadly sin of wrath in play as a primary deadly sin, and both of them feeling justified to take out their wrath on the other person entirely. It ends up becoming a serious problem. A very serious problem. A problem that they can't even get out of without external help. They literally have to go to the authorities or people who are authorities in their life to even have a chance at getting anywhere because of all the damage their relationship causes. And it just, you know, ends up blowing up in everyone's face. It's like the ICJ complaining that the ENFP is not responsible enough or the ENFP complaining 
about how the ISTJ is not actually a good person. And they just end up attacking each other's child functions and destroying each other's innocence. That's the problem with duality relationships. Innocence is just absolutely and totally obliterated. No one is innocent in a duality relationship. And each other person ends up feeling justified to take out the other person. Every single one of the camaraderie relationships, these duality relationships, behaves that way. But it is the absolute worst with the ISTJ and the ENFP. It's the absolute worst. Hands down. To the point where like it's, it's like it's uncontrollable. Constantly putting their status above the other person. Putting their reputation above the other person. Using that as justification to get angry when the other person missteps because they eventually will. Because they're trying to get the other person to behave ethically. But they just don't have the mental capacity for such ethics. And it ends up becoming a huge problem over and over and over. Don't get in these relationships. Like I said, it happens. They happen. But for external reasons. And usually... If it's not for religious reasons or arranged marriage or arranged relationship, well, then it's because one of them just happens to be unconscious developed, unconscious focused. Well, they have the perspective of, well, survival is my justification. And that ends up being one of the worst aspects, one of the worst opportunities for the relationship to take place to begin with. Because they're utilizing the other person's nurture. Because the UDF person ends up appearing like the golden pair of the other person, regardless of what their octogram is. And that's where the initial attraction comes from. But as soon as they get into the relationship, nature eventually takes over, then eventually sexuality takes over, and then it just absolutely is a mess. And then both of these two types end up feeling bad. They feel bad because they're very committal, they're very loyal. And, but they often feel like they have no choice but to be disloyal to the other person consistently. And that too ends up being a huge problem. Again, not something I'd recommend. So overall, folks, the lesson here is stay away from these relationships. They are toxic by default. Stay away from them. There's no point in trying. I don't care if you're the highest value man in the world. I don't care if you have a huge ass harem. I don't care if you got many girls or whatever. It is not worth it. Stay away. I don't care how great you think you are. I don't care how much mastery of Jungian analytical psychology you have. I don't care how much knowledge of the four sides of the mind you have or cognitive functions. You will not be able to make it work because humanity is a social race with instincts and your instincts will never be enough or your, uh, your conscious choices will never be enough for what the subconscious and the unconscious and ultimately the superego has to offer especially since these two types softlock each other into each other's superego consistently and actually these two types well if one person isn't UDUF by the end of it they both will be UDUF whenever they are around each other stay away and that's ultimately what this season is all about season 14 part 4 is just a warning beacon stay away from these relationships they are dangerous and you will put yourself in grave danger and as much as you will be putting the other person in grave danger as well
it is just not worth it ever. So now if you would like to figure out which relationships to be in, well, choose one of the eight sexually compatible relationships for a relationship. You have so many options. The affection relationship, which is highest compatibility, also known as the golden pair. Then you have the pedagogue relationship, which is highest sexual compatibility with very little emotional compatibility, but it leads to the highest level of personal growth. Then you have the natural pair, which is the highest enabling relationship. Difficult to get into, but still absolutely worth it. And uh, because it's the one that lasts the longest, also is the most statistically the most successful marriages, is the natural pair. And then obviously the intrigue relationship, which is basically a natural pair with the same sexual compatibility but no emotional compatibility. It's all about from one intrigue to another consistently. And then also you have the respect relationship, which is the silver pair. And then you have the trust relationship, also known as the benefactor. And the challenge relationship is when you're getting into a relationship with your superego. And then the kindred relationship, which is basically me and Railgun. Definitely a thing, definitely options. These are better. But my recommendation, stick to golden, stick to pedagogue, stick to natural pair for the most success very much success. Although, if you're considering a pedagogue relationship, it's really important to make sure that at least one person within the pedagogue relationship is significantly older than the other one. And that will help it with the most success. So, anyway folks, if you want to learn more about these, become a member. See us Joseph Dolly forward slash members. Season 14 parts 2 and 3, which are all about the pedagogue and the natural pair. And for Golden Pair, get our Discover the 16 Types package as well for Season 14 Part 1 to get access to all those episodes where you can learn about these relationships and these types. So anyway, folks, thanks for watching and listening. Like and subscribe, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.